0: Good morning. Welcome to Sober Gratitudes. My name is Sarah, and I'm the creator and host of this podcast. Whether you've been here before or this is your first time listening, I'm so glad you're here with me today to get a dose of hope and sobriety that life is better on the other side of addiction. And Recovering is a lot easier when we do it together. It's really lonely when we carry burdens alone. I can't tell you how many people over the past week have reached out to me because they're carrying heavy burdens and they feel alone And some are aware of the fact that they're not reaching out. Others are reaching out and talking about what's upsetting them or what's challenging to them. And so I feel incredibly grateful that I have been gifted the opportunity to be of service to people who have reached out or that I have reached out to because of perhaps a post- on Instagram or because I was just checking in with people and they just happen to be having a hard time. I, I love to be, I, I just want people to feel comfortable. <laughs> I don't know. That's just like a passion of mine. And maybe it's just because I lived a lot of my life feeling so uncomfortable in so many different ways and now that I'm living a life that's comfortable that isn't so heavy and burdensome I just want others to feel exactly the same way and so those of you who reach out to me please keep reaching out if you haven't yet Um, I'd love to connect, but I, I want to jump right in. I have just a few minutes to talk today. Some of you may be saying, oh, good, this will be shorter than the usual short. Um, but I had the opportunity last night to use my program of recovery in my, my daily life with my youngest son who has autism he was having a panic attack. I come downstairs and my husband said he's under the blanket because his, he says his he can't see. And I asked my husband a couple of questions just to get an idea of what was happening before he expressed those feelings, those experiences that sound really scary, right? Like, wow, okay, he can't see. He feels like he can't see. Um, Knowing what I know about my son, I knew instantly he was having some kind of anxiety episode. Panic attack, anxiety attack, whatever you would call it. For him, when his anxiety is through the roof, he freezes and he hides under blankets I get that (laughs) when I have a lot of anxiety, I, I get frozen, I get stuck and I have, my bones feel like they're frozen. And I used to get panic attacks in the middle of the night during addiction and after addiction where I, well, in sobriety that is, and it's very uncomfortable. I, I had the most of my life. I just thought it was a part of life. <laughs> and I remember my my body just responded to anxiety in really strange ways. And I just really thought I was such a weirdo. Um, my vision was impacted. My, all of my senses were just so attacked when I was having anxiety. And it's scary. So I knew immediately that I needed to be of service to my son. And I thought, well, how would my son want me to approach him? Well, I know exactly how I need to approach him. And I need to talk very softly and sweetly to him. Um, I need to, like, approach him. Like he's a wounded animal, you know, scared. He's not sure what's going on. So I just knelt down next to him and I talked softly into his ear and he let me touch his head and touch his hand, which I'm so grateful for because he has for so long felt very uncomfortable with me coming near him or touching him in any kind of way and, and appropriately, like a mother to a son, like comforting, comforting him, but he's so sensitive, um, emotionally and also physically. Like he, he does not like, like hugs are very uncomfortable. If I, if I like stroke his forehead, which I did, I have to do it more deeply So this is stuff I've had to learn over the years with my son. So what happened was this was just so amazing is that I knew that if I approached him with my own anxiety about his anxiety, it would make things much worse for him. So I had to, I had to think very rationally logically and all, but also with love. It had to be encased in love that I knew that he was probably okay. I sensed that my husband seemed a little bit anxious about it. And, um, and I get that because I used to be that way with my son. Oh gosh, I can tell you countless stories where I had panic attacks over his health or something going on or his own anxiety that I just, his anxiety is very um, complex, and it must be such a burden to him because things that happen to him, he where he feels he doesn't understand, it makes him more anxious. So, so even if somebody says like, "Oh, there, your eye, your eyes are purple, underneath your eyes, they're purple. Did did you bump into something?" and um he will take that as my eyes are purple i'm seeing purple and so that's where he was at he was at a place of just he had was so far gone that he was under a heavy blanket It was making his face very hot so his cheeks were really really red and i went in and i kept thinking i I want to comfort him. I want him to feel comfortable. How can I help him feel comfortable? And what I did was I just gently asked questions and I reinforced that he was okay. And, um, I, he talked a lot about his eyes that he didn't want to open his eyes. I'm like, you don't have to open your eyes. You can keep your eyes closed, honey. And I just, I, I told him to take deep breaths and blow out. And I know he's been taught that in school as well as to take cleansing, deep cleansing breaths. <clears throat> and I said to him, I, um, he, he said something along the lines of like, what's happening to me or I'm going to die. I don't want to die. This is where it takes him, his anxiety. And I said, um, Cammie, you're you're not going to die. And I said, you're having worries right now. And I want you to see if you can take your worries that are made up stories that are pretend, they're make believe that this is stuff he can understand. And I said, I want you to take those worries and I want you to throw them out like garbage. And I could tell he was trying to, he didn't say anything, but I knew he was probably thinking like, what does this mean? Because the abstract was very difficult for him. So I said, take, I said to him, what, what are you worrying about? What is your worry right now? And he said, I don't know. Because I, really, I don't think he could articulate it. So I knew he didn't know. It, but I said, So I said, What is something that makes you worried, Cammie? And he said, Thunderstorms. I said, Okay, so let's take your worry about thunderstorms and put it in the garbage. Picture it going in the garbage, and the garbage can come, the garbage collector comes and takes the garbage and takes it away. And he said, for uh, for how long? He said something like that, and I said forever. It just takes it away. And then we talked. I asked him again, "What's your other worry?" What's your? And then he started to like. It was like a mantra. Like we kept bringing up a worry, and then. I would say, okay, then now we're going to put that worry in the garbage, and he'd say, "I'm putting a worry in the garbage and the garbage can." And then it got to a place of him just like literally putting his worry in the garbage in the garbage truck, like we we skipped over our garbage can and went right to the truck. And um, within minutes, he was sitting up, and he said. I feel better. (laughs) I was blown away. I've never done that before with him because I didn't think he'd be able to understand, but I actually, um, I did pray to my higher power before the thought came into my head. And I said, what would you have me be for my son? How, how can I make him feel more comfortable? And throwing out worries like trash, that's what popped into my head. And isn't it interesting, that's my program of recovery. When I have a fear, when there's something that I'm worrying about that's in the future or that happened in the past, it's no use to me. It's no use, it wastes my time where I can be useful to other people, where I can do, where I can just feel comfortable and be happy. And people around me experience me as happy, not worried. I learned in my program how to take that worry and look at it and say, how is this serving me today? How is this serving me in this moment? How is this serving other people? How is this worry impacting how people receive me and experience me? And how can I change that? Well, I, I actually picture all my worries that come up as kind of like a, a dam, like it's like accumulating along the stream, this river, and this river at the, at the, the top of the river is my higher power or the bottom of the river is my higher power. And um, I'm not going to explain this right. I picture a river that is flowing freely between me and my higher power. And when I accumulate worries or there's a big worry, any kind of worry or fear Anything that's not serving me or anyone else, it it accumulates in this river and it, it creates a dam and that blocks me from my higher power, who I choose to call God. And so, I'm no, so I become in a, in, a, in a frozen state of living in my own self-will when I'm blocked from my higher power. And so when I take these, this trash that's just like creating the dam that's blocking me, when I take it and throw it out like trash, I'm more connected to my higher power. I'm more trusting my higher power. That I have no control over what happens in the world. I have no control over what happened in my past and changing what happened in my past. I can learn from things that happened in my past, but what happened in my past is done. It's over. It's it's stupid, quite frankly, for me to think about it, unless I'm learning from it, right? And then to think about things in the pa- in the future, I, it's it's again like I don't know the future. I can't predict the future, but if I'm wasting time, if I'm spending time worrying about something in the future, like even as far as like 15 minutes from now. How does that serve anyone? How does that keep me connected to my higher power? It blocks me. So it's a tool that's taught to people who are alcoholics, but it can be useful for anyone. and i know this because i know non-alcoholics who have done the same program and it works for them and so i can i can teach my children this design for living and i was able to teach my son how to throw these worries away and then come to a place of peace. And, and he was smiling and he sat up, he took that cover off. He took his blanket off and he sat up and his hair was all kind of messy just because it was under the covers and his cheeks were still red, but he was smiling and his eyes were brighter. And I said, are you happy? And he said, yeah. (laughs) And I just felt So good. You know, it's one thing to like want other people that I love around me that are friends and family and strangers and neighbors and um, people at the grocery store that are in bad moods. You know, to to bring them to 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 push love and to push, you know, this design for living into a situation to be of service to to shine God's love onto other people. It's such a gift and then, and it helps them and it helps me. And, but to be able to do that with my own son, who I spent so much of my life worrying about and have, and me having panic attacks over. Now, now we have this tool that he can understand because he can picture it, his autistic mind. He can picture literally putting our worries about something in the garbage and the garbage collector coming and taking it away. So we can't see it. It's not in our heads any longer. We can do that too. Thank you so much again for showing up today, for being a part of my journey, together in your journey, getting and staying sober together, living a more comfortable life in sobriety. It's so much easier when we do this together, and when we connect. The more we connect, the more you all can connect, and that's actually happening, and I'm just so So excited about it. Please subscribe to my podcast if you have not yet. And if you want to write a review so that it can help reach other people who may be struggling, who want to jump on this journey together, please, um, Share with them my podcast or write this review because something about the algorithms, it reaches more people when you write a review, not just like pressing five stars or four stars or whatever, one star. Um, I'd, lo- I'd love, I would love it. I, it would be so, I appreciate that so much. I really would. I know we all want to reach other people and help them. And we can't do that alone. We have to do it together. I hope you have an amazing day, one where you're worry-free, where you can throw your worries out like trash, where you can help someone else feel comfortable, where you can ask and accept help if you need it. There's no shame in any of this. So until next time, I appreciate you all so much. If you didn't listen, this podcast would not exist. And for that, I am truly grateful. Sober Gratitudes is a podcast dedicated to spreading the hope in recovery from addiction. It is an inclusive show that does not promote or represent any recovery program. When my guests and I discuss what keeps us sober, we are referring to our own unique experiences. Our goal is to encourage and give hope to those who are struggling and need support.